again and again and again. People are stuck. People that come to our show, people that come to our website, they're in a place where they are stuck. They're in a place where they are stopped or not moving uh, as fast as what they want to, and they don't necessarily understand all the reasons why. And more importantly than that, they don't necessarily, you probably don't necessarily understand how to get out of it. If you did, you'd probably be doing it already, right? Okay, so today, when you listen, you're going to learn five of the biggest reasons and most common reasons why people get stuck. People just like you. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Hey there. Just before we get back to Scott, I wanted to just give a quick little preface. This is an episode, actually, that we aired several years ago. It was episode 105, but I know that a lot of this information is still very relevant. It can be very, very helpful for you if you are finding yourself in a situation where you feel stuck. And there's a lot of people that we hear from that identify with this very statement, this very condition. And so I wanted to be able to share this with you in in a way to be able to um, help you be able to take some steps along your way. And so being from that time frame, though, being from several years ago, I think 2016, um, you might hear some references that Scott makes to 2016 and things that are going on at that point. So I don't want you to get confused and <laughs> or anything like that. Um, so as you're listening to this episode, you may hear a little bit of that. Um, but all the information is still very applicable and very helpful to you. And at the end, Scott's going to share a little bit more about how you can be able to get additional help if you are finding yourself stuck like this. Today, when you listen, you're going to learn five of the biggest reasons and most common reasons why people get stuck. People just like you. In fact, I pulled these from I pulled these from many of the conversations that I've had over the last year. I pulled these from much of our survey information. I pulled these from emails. Um, I get literally hundreds of emails back. We, I mean, we send out. Um, we send out as many as we possibly can uh, responses to to try and understand what people are going through, and it, you may you might have even gotten one of those personal emails in the past. Um, so that's that's where I'm pulling all this from, and there's thousands of people that are rolled up into this data, but the data is not important. The more important thing is this is very likely some of the things, these are very likely some of the things that are causing you to be stuck and stopping you from making this career change in 2016. So I want to go over all of them, but I also want to tell you that I'm not just going to tell you what they are. We're going to focus a little bit on each one and what to actually do about it. Now, this is this is incredibly important because... Uh, well, if you don't know what to do about it, then you can't really do anything about it, right? Okay, so I'm going to share some stories of um, customers 
that uh, that we've worked with in the past. I'm going to share some stories of uh, other H2ICers. I'm going to share some stories of my own and our own business and my own journey uh, in order to be able to help you through each one of these. Okay, so here's thing number one that's making you stuck. This is one of the biggest ones, hands down. You've heard about it on this show before in the past. It is also one of the most difficult but most tangible ones that... If, people struggle with to overcome. And that is debt and money. This is incredibly important though, because what happens is you come out of college. Most people come out of college with this mass amount of debt and then they get into their job and you do just like, just like what I did. We, we went and bought uh, some amazingly cool cars. We went and bought the, the big old house. We went and bought all the things that we thought that we needed to have. And guess what? We financed all of them. Uh, hopefully you're a little bit smarter than that. And hopefully you haven't financed all of them like we did, but you might still have some debt and you might still be wondering, Hey, how on earth can I make a transition of any kind, whether it be to my own business or whether it be to, you know, my, my next job, uh, the one that I really want to be doing, how can I, how can I be able to make that happen if I don't have the money? And how can I get the money if I have all this debt and that's where all my money is going every single month? This is a problem, right? Okay, so this is a very, very, very familiar problem too. If it's not your problem, don't worry, hang in there. Um, you're still going to learn a few things that that might be helpful to you too. And then we're going to talk about the other four. Okay, so here's here's what we did. First of all, I'll tell you a little bit about what we did. This was absolutely our problem. This was restricting everything that uh, we knew and even a lot of things that we didn't know uh, about what we wanted. So if I, if I flash back to about seven years ago, here's where we were. We had uh, a house that was, let's see, this is about seven. Yeah, this is about seven years ago, give or take. Um, we had a house that was completely underwater uh, that, you know, we owed literally, <laughs> literally $100,000 more than what people were telling us it was worth. Um, and then on top of that, we had all of this other debt. We had car debt. We had, yeah, we had two, two cars. We'd bought, gone and bought our dream vehicles. I, I bought a, I bought a G35. Now they make the G37s, but at the time it was awesome car, my dream vehicle, something I used to see a doctor drive around. And I thought that is a, that is a flipping awesome vehicle. I got to get me one of those someday. Okay. Well, someday came like a year and a half later, <laughs> probably long before I could afford it clearly. Um, and you know, we had, we had, uh, an Acura for Alyssa and we had, you know, all of, all of these other things. We had nice furniture. We had, uh, I don't know, you name it. We thought we had to have the lifestyle, uh, of somebody that probably made, you know, a hundred thousand dollars more a year than what we did at the time. Okay. And, and we didn't earn necessarily bad money and we both, both Alyssa and I were bringing in income. So that was, that was the stage, but the reality was, uh, we spent, uh, we spent a lot of time purchasing stuff and figuring out how, how much more stuff we could, we could bring in and don't get me wrong. Um, I, I love stuff. Um, and I don't think stuff is necessarily a bad thing, but I do think it's a bad thing when you purchase it and you can't afford it or you can't, can't pay for it. 
Um, so that's that's where we were. We couldn't we couldn't pay for it, and it, and it created this attachment. It created this attachment to my job at the time. Um, even though my needs were shifting, we were starting to think about how do we, you know, how do we have children, and how do we do this in a way that's you know semi comfortable and and all of these all these considerations. And and we wanted to be able to have kids, and we wanted to be able to to do that. And guess what? It wasn't very comfortable because we had all this debt. I also knew that. You know, for a long, long period of time, I knew that I wanted to go back to owning my own business. And that was never, never a real possibility in my mind, never a real possibility in my mind until a lot of that pressure and a lot of that stress was gone. Okay, so here's here's what happened. Um, fast forward, you know, three and a half years later from that, three and a half years later, we got all of our debt paid off. We got all of our debt paid off. And here's, here's the thing that I didn't anticipate. I didn't anticipate the amount of creative energy that was consumed on a daily basis by the stress thinking about uh, money subconsciously when I didn't even know I was thinking about it. I just, I, I did not understand that until it was no longer there. When it was no longer there, it's like, oh my goodness, I have all of this. Um, I, I started, <laughs> Alyssa will tell you, I, I started doing cooking and I started doing all these creative projects and all the stuff is just this new level of energy that I just didn't even know that I had that was just flat out being weighed down by this debt, by this money need. And and by the things that were going on subconsciously. And I've seen that again and again and again for people that end up end up going from having that to not having that. It is It feels in some ways like you've got a whole new lease on life um, for things that you didn't even know were a possibility. Okay, so uh, the reality is I can describe it. I can sit here and describe it, but you're not going to fully understand until you get there. So I want you to be able to get there. So here's what we did during that three and a half years. Uh, thing number one is we realized that we only had so much money coming in. So we basically took inventory in our, in our life and said, okay, uh, what's important? What's the most important? What do we need to have? What do we not need to have? And this is going to be different for everybody. This is going to be completely different for everybody. But we literally wrote down a list of everything that we were spending money on or considering spending money on. And we, (laughs) we basically, uh, prioritized it. And, uh, I don't know if we drew an actual line or we just said, look, here's where we're going to stop. But, um, but you know, draw the, draw the line, uh, and, and say, look, we just, uh, these are not important enough to be able to pay out right now. The other thing we did, so we looked around and said, what is, what is more important than for us being debt-free and not being tied down by, by some of these things anymore. And, um, in doing so, we realized that it took a long time to realize this, but we realized that those cars weren't as important. So <laughs> the funny thing is we ended up selling them and buying um, and taking cash and buying cars that were, you know, 4000 I think I paid $4,000 for a Mercedes that was worth like $10,000 um, and got, you know, by all means, a really nice vehicle for next to nothing and did that with a little bit of negotiation and just a little bit of looking on Craigslist. And then we bought Alyssa, uh, you know, we bought her a, a minivan and again, you know, got a great deal on it. Uh, just through a little bit of looking and a little bit of negotiation. And it was, uh, it was extremely, it was extremely easy. And as soon as we had those, we realized, look, it's, it's actually not that it wasn't that big of a deal. 
I thought it was like going to give up everything to be able to sell my car. It felt like a part of my identity. I worked so I felt like I worked so hard for it, so incredibly hard for it. And and at one point in time, it was like the only thing that made me happy on my commute. It's like, hey, I'm making this miserable commute to a job that I don't really uh, like all that much uh, at, at that particular time. Um, or I guess actually the job had changed. I, I did enjoy, did enjoy the job, but my needs had changed is really what happened. So I was looking for another job and I was like, Hey, I get to do it in this cool car. Awesome. Um, but here's, here's the reality for that. It didn't matter as much as, is what I thought. So we ended up selling those and we ended up putting that money towards the debt. And that was, that was important because, um, that prioritization really helped, really helped us understand what was most important for us. Um, we ended up selling a bunch of furniture, uh, all kinds of other stuff. We ended up, um, doing that in order to be able to sell the house at a loss and doing that, um, to be able to, well, we brought, let's see, $72,000 and change to closing in order to be able to sell the house. And that was a, a good deal. I know I said just a little bit ago that, um, that people thought it was worth about a hundred thousand dollars. We got a realtor that helped us sell it for <laughs> about $30,000 above what other houses were selling. Um, what other houses were selling in the same neighborhood, even exact same floor plan, everything else. So that was, that was a bit of hard work to be able to do that and find the realtor that was going to be able to help us most. We basically interviewed realtors. Like I've interviewed employees in the past, and it, it paid off. It paid off to the tune of, you know, about, uh, 20, 25, $30,000 more or something like that. Um, I still have those, those checks that copies of those checks that we brought to closing up next to my monitor. I'm looking at them right now as I'm talking to you. And it reminds me every day not to do stuff like that again and to, and to be able to really focus on what are the biggest priorities in, in how we're spending our money, time and resources and everything else and the stuff that really matters and that we're not going to regret later on down the road. So yeah, one, one check is for $30,500. The other check is for $41,751. Uh, we basically at the time, um, drained out every bit of savings that we had, which was not $72,000. And then we borrowed a bunch of money just to be able to get rid of the house because for us, we didn't want to, um, we didn't want to go into foreclosure and we didn't want to do anything else. Like we didn't want to, um, uh, we didn't want to take any of the other options that were available at the time. So that was, that was just us either way. So here's what I would encourage you to do. Um, figure out what you, what you need to do to get rid of that debt or solve your money problems. And then this leads right into the next thing. The next thing is, is mindset, which we're going to talk about in just a second, but how can you, how can you actually speed that up? What are the things that you can do in order to speed that up that more align with your priorities? This mindset piece is, is critical because, um, one of the things that's stopping people is they get, they get stopped at the how they get stopped at um, and I've, I've been stopped at the how to, but when you, when you think about this and think about your problem, think about your challenge, think about what, what is standing in between you and where you want to go. The first thing is you have to understand where you want to go. 
And that's, that's the piece of that prioritization with, with the money side. But, um, with your mindset, it becomes then, okay, what do I need to do or what can I do to get there? Now, people get caught up in the, I don't knows. I don't, I don't know what that would be. I don't, I don't know what that looks like. I don't, I just don't know. And then they stop there. I want you to push past that. I don't know. And there's a, there's a quote that I absolutely love from Winston Churchill. And it, it goes something along the lines of, uh, I like things to happen. And when they don't happen, I like to make them happen. And absolutely love that, that quote, because I think that that is a, that's a mindset change. Wanting, wanting things to happen. And obviously we you know, I'm a little biased. We've got a company called happened to your career. Right. But you know, I do think that you can take that mindset. Okay. So let's apply that to the money side. Let's say that you have $36,000 of debt to pay off between you and essentially freedom from owing people money, um, ever again. And, and then you get your, you get your creativity back. You get your, you get a, new sense of euphoria for being able to overcome things that carries forward in just about everything else that you do. Plus it's not trapping you anymore. Okay. So now that you know, it's $36, $36,000, it'd be nice $36, right? If it's $36,000, then how can you make that happen? What are the things that you can do in order to speed that up? Because typically there's, there's two things. Um, you can either increase the amount of income or you can decrease your outgo. I am always a fan of whenever possible increasing the amount of income so that you can uh, you can apply that to you can apply that to your problem. I, I want you to be able to get rid of that debt. I want you to be able to stockpile money for if you want to you know start a business. I want you to be able to have emergency savings. Oh my goodness, your outlook changes if you've had if you've got thirty or fifty thousand dollars in the bank just sitting there. Uh, for when problems come up and, and other things along those lines. This is something I learned from Dave Ramsey. I didn't, I didn't know this. I didn't even know this was possible. If you would have asked me 10 years ago, uh, I just thought people live paycheck to paycheck and I didn't know there was anything different. Um, but it, it completely changes that level of security and what you can do and confidence in yourself and, and other things like that too. So the mindset piece is what can you do to make it happen instead of going to, I don't know. Force yourself to look at just for just for a tiny bit. Um, get outside your head and write on paper, write on a whiteboard, open up Evernote, whatever it is, and start listing ideas for what you can do to make it happen. Sometimes you need to state the obvious because here's here's one thing that we did when we started looking at that. Uh, Alyssa and I wanted to pay that stuff off within a certain amount of time, and we realized about um, eighteen months or so. Maybe it was closer to two years, but before, before we were going to get it paid off, we realized, oh crap, this is going to take us like four years to do maybe even four and a half years at, at our current math. Like the math that we did, we, we took the amount of money that was coming in. We took the amount of money we were going to spend on, you know, we were likely going to spend on paying off debt. We took the amount of money it, it cost us to live and, and we were pretty pared down at that point anyways. Uh, we already sold all the things that we thought that we could sell, sell that, uh, weren't as important to us as paying off this, this debt. And then we realized <laughs> there's, there's not enough. How can we do this faster? So two easy ways that you can do that. Two really easy ways that you can do that. 
easy in comparison to other options anyways. One is ask for a raise. Hey, you know what? That's uh, one of the scariest things uh, for people to be able to do. It's also one of the most rewarding things because uh, for where you're at, you, um, you, you don't have to do really a whole lot else. <laughs> like it, 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 like what if you could just keep doing the same work that you're doing? Uh, let's, let's assume that you're doing it really well, right? Let's assume that you're doing it really, really well and that you've got a great relationship with your boss and everything along those lines or a semi good relationship with your boss then you might be in a position to be able to ask for more money and have them pay more money. Because guess what? Companies don't like to hire new people. It's a painful process. It's a really painful process. And also, if you're bringing value to them, um, it's pretty likely you can substantiate a raise. Now, there's some very specific ways to do that. And if you're interested in that, go to getaraiseguide.com. And for the moment... This will not be true forever. So, um, you know, I'm recording this in December of 2015. Uh, for the moment, we have our Get a Raise Guide for free. Um, at different points in time, we've sold that for $40 or even more. Um, but right, right this very second, you can go to getaraiseguide.com and you can actually download that guide for free that tells you fairly step-by-step um, many of the approaches that you can use in order to get a raise. This is something I've personally done. This is something I've personally helped other people do. It, it works. I've not had a situation where um, it, it, it doesn't work or it doesn't get you an answer that it's never going to be possible. And then you can stop wasting your time and move on to another job, which is thing number two. Um, easiest way, move on to another, another job and be able to make more money doing that other job. You can do that through negotiating your your side, your the salary you get uh, through that process. By the way, if you want to if you want to do that too, we can actually um, give you a copy of our hidden jobs guide, which in the back half of it tells you a couple of the scripts you can use to be able to negotiate higher salary. It's not as e- not as not as difficult to do as what most people think. It's really not. It's usually a mindset thing too. Okay, but this is all part of. Hey, how can you make this happen? Okay, so back back to that mindset and back to removing that debt or removing that uh, that money. Um, those are those are two ways you can do it. Another way that you can do it is you know start start a side business. That's something that uh, is also pretty easy to do. One really easy example of a way that you can do it just by adding some value to other people and making stuff available. You can go buy and resell stuff on eBay or on Craigslist. I've done this um, hundreds of times. Uh, I don't even know how much money that I've made off of it. Uh, my sister has done this. You know, she uh, She's actually starting a, a tap house in West Seattle uh, right now. So um, apparently entrepreneurship runs in the family, but yeah, you know, she is. She's been for a while. She quit her quit her job. She used to work for Starbucks. Um, used to do marketing for Starbucks. So anytime you get an email from Starbucks, she had something to do with that. Uh, doesn't do that anymore. Uh, quit and basically for income on the on the side, just to, uh, in her spare time, as she was working on um, building up the tap house, she would then uh, go find places, go find office spaces that are giving. 
um, giving away furniture because they're closing down like startups that are failed and, and just, they don't even know what to do with the furniture. She'd take it off their hands, adding a value to them because they had to get rid of it and had to get it out of the building so that they didn't get fined even more or something else. Um, and they didn't have time to sell it. And then she would take that list, that stuff on Craigslist, sell it all and made thousands and thousands of dollars that way. Very, very easy to do. Uh, gave her a ton of time flexibility. And at the same time, uh, brought in, you know, a whole bunch of cash and on a per hour basis was actually, uh, I, I think at last count, you know, more than she was making at, at Starbucks. Crazy, huh? All right. So again, you know, what are the, what are the things that you can do in order to make, make this happen? Whatever it is that you want to accomplish this year, let's say that that is starting a business. Let's say that, um, you say, look between now and six months from uh, the start of uh, 2016, so by June, end of June, if I wanted to be out of of my job that I'm not excited about and have a business doing something full-time that I love doing uh, and gives me a lot more time freedom and flexibility or whatever it is that's important to you, then how could I do that? What can I do to make that happen? That's a whole different mindset switch. Start asking yourself that question. When you feel stuck, start asking yourself the question of what can I do to make that happen? And even, even just asking that question, you might not have the answer right away. So when, when I, when Alyssa and I had that realization, uh, about, Hey, look, this is going to take us forever to pay off this debt. This is absolutely ridiculous. It, it took a little while for me to arrive at the answer that, Hey, look, why can't I just go and ask for more money? I'm doing a great job. I've built up a lot of, um, a lot of relationship investment, uh, a lot of relationship capital, whatever you like to call that. I'd invested a lot into the, into the people that in that company and had a lot of credibility and I was getting results and everything else that goes along with it. Why, why couldn't I just go in and do that? But it, it, was more the initial question of what can we do to make this happen? This is unacceptable. I, I am not taking four years to do this. <laughs> this is absolutely unacceptable. And, and I want you to get that type of mindset and get this, that type of attitude, because when you do that and you draw the line mentally, then you can start to answer that question or at least seek the answer to that question for how can I make this happen? What would it take in order to make this happen? And that is another great question what would it take? Cause there's always a, there's always an answer of, of what would it take? So that mindset piece, not getting stopped at the how, and instead moving towards the, you know, how can I make this happen? What would it take to make this happen? That's another thing that you can do. That's an easy one. That doesn't cost you a lot to be able to do that. Uh, but it, putting those questions in your mind, when you feel yourself stuck, when you feel yourself uh, thinking, Oh my goodness, I don't know how I'm just getting overwhelmed. Like instead, you know, get something on paper, get it out of your head and then start asking yourself the question of what can I do? What can, how can I make this happen? Okay. Thing number three is fear and confidence. To some degree, this is also a mindset piece. It, it, it really can be, um, but fear and confidence, a lot of people write me all the time and they tell me things like, Hey, I, I just want to be able to get over the, over the fears. 
I just want to, I wish fear wasn't, wasn't there. And uh, that's, uh, there's a myth that fear will ever just go away. That's, that's not true for anybody. That's part of what makes you human. That's part of what, you know, many, many, many years ago, um, back long before we lived in houses and whatever else, that's part of what kept you alive, actually. So that's some of those instincts and, and things that are self-preservation that kick in. And in a lot of cases, they're actually good. Um, not all cases, but in a lot of cases, they're actually good. The downside of it is it also can hold you back in other areas like this, like your career, like being able to, um, like being able to move forward and take what you might perceive as a risk, but probably isn't a real risk. Um, you know, those, those are all things that, that come with fear and confidence. So here's, here's two things I want you to do. I want you to start just by acknowledging that the fear is never going to go away. This sounds like a small thing and this sounds kind of woo woo and, and whatever else. And, but it, but it is, it's a big, big, big mind shift too. the fear. Isn't ever going to go away. What is going to happen is you're going to get better at recognizing when it pops up and you're going to get better at pushing forward anyways, even though you've got that voice in your head that says, Oh no, don't do that. Here's what could happen. And then a billion different thoughts come flooding in about, Oh my goodness, it could be really bad. Or what if, or what will they think of me? Or who knows if, you know, all of these different thoughts that people have. Um, I get that every single time I I do something, every single time I punch the punch, the button that sends an email out to, out to our email list. Um, if I've written something that is putting myself out there, which I try to do every single time, if it's not making me at least a little bit uncomfortable, then I know that I haven't given myself the opportunity to connect enough. But here's what happens. Even though that fear is there every single time, I've just gotten better at saying, yeah, I know it's going to be there. I'm recognizing that. That's actually a good thing in this case, because if that fear isn't there, then I'm probably not being, I'm probably not being transparent enough, quite honestly. Um, I'm probably not giving myself the opportunity to connect with people in a different way than what else is out there. And that's something that I, that's something that I want. That's something that, uh, that I know. And it's also something that's a great example of fear every single time. <laughs> so you're going to, you're going to have fear and the fear will not go away. Instead, you will just get better at moving forward in spite of the fear, or even here's actually a completely different way to look at it. Moving forward and working with the fear and, and using that to your advantage and you use it to your advantage by recognizing that it's there and taking that as a sign that you should actually move forward anyways. Because probably it means it's something that you care about. It's probably something that matters to you, whatever it is that's causing that fear. And that's probably a good recognition that it's something that you should really strongly consider doing anyways. So, so think about that. That was a, that was a huge mind shift for me a number of years ago where I started recognizing that Oh crap, I've got this feeling and you know, my, um, kind of the top part of my stomach and my chest sort of tighten up a little bit. Uh, Cause that's what happens when, whenever I feel fear. Um, and I, I start to recognize that feeling and that's a trigger and it's like, Oh crap, now I have to do this. 
because <laughs> this really actually means something to me. All right. So um, that's an easy place to start. We can get a lot more advanced, but I don't, I don't think we should go into that uh, right now. I want you to start with just recognizing that it's there and realizing that's a, probably a sign that it's something that you should be doing. Okay, time, time. Let's talk about time because time is again and again, that is that is the biggest perceived restrictor. It has been for myself. It has been for um, many, 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 many people that email me, especially those that are interested in starting a, a business, but also those that are interested in, in looking for another job because they're like, hey, it's a it's a full-time job to look for a job. And granted, it, it does take a lot of time to do it well. Um, but there's that time that is there. There's that time that is there. Because when when you look at other people, when you look at successful people, like how, how do they do it? Uh, because they have the exact same amount of time within their day, right? It's, it, it is, <laughs> it, it's the exact same amount of time. So what are they doing differently? Well, like the money piece, they have evaluated what are, what are their priorities and they are spending their time, um, differently than what you or I might be or, um, or what, what, what we could do. Okay. So here's, here's an example of that. The easiest example are the things that are not going to, they're not going to radically change your life. They're not adding tons of value to your life. And if you took them out, then your life isn't, it's not going to be that much different. So for me, and this is different for everybody, this is uh, different for everybody. You've got to make your own list of stuff that that falls into this. For me, that was um, that was TV, like <laughs> uh, TiVo and uh, digital recording and stuff like that. Best best thing ever invented, and worst thing simultaneously, best and worst thing ever invented at the same time. Best because guess what? You get all your shows, and you get all your all the things that you love and they're recorded for you. You don't have to be there at a certain time. You can just get them on demand afterwards whenever you want them, which is awesome. That is really, really, really cool because then you don't have to like rearrange your schedule to be able to do that. Here's the bad side. Um, Alyssa and I would record this, all this stuff um, way back when, and then we would just watch it. We'd like marathon watch it. Uh, it's like, oh my goodness, how did we miss like six episodes of of whatever it is? Yeah, uh, at the time it was, geez, I don't even remember what it was at the time, but whatever show now it'd be like modern family or something like that. Um, you know, got six episodes of modern family and then we'd binge watch just like straight up, uh, you know, (laughs) stay up all night and not finish until it's done. And that was, that was like a, that was something that was holding us back because it wasn't value added. Like, yeah, we had some awesome laughs and enjoyed it and things like that. But guess what? That wasn't really moving us forward. It was keeping us at least short term. It was keeping us from being able to do the things that were really going to get us into the, into the jobs and careers that we wanted. It was keeping us from um, having the energy to spend time on, on health and, and exercise. It was keeping us from going and connecting with friends in a different way. It was, um, it, it was something that really wasn't adding value in, in that particular way. So we, we actually cut our satellite bill. We just 
stop doing it. And then that actually gave us $70 a month um, extra to be able to apply towards the debt that we had at the time. So, you know, those are the types of things I want you to do too. Look at how you're spending your time in a, in a day. And this can be, there's lots of different ways that you can do this. You can literally sit down and, and try and figure out how do you spend your time. Um, or you can use something like rescue time, which is if you, if you spend a lot of your day on Google Chrome or on the internet, um, install that on your, on your Chrome browser and it'll track for you where you spend your time. And another thing that you can do is keep a journal, keep a journal just for one or two days. You can do it for an entire week, but I want to make sure that you actually do this versus like, uh, I don't know, getting caught up over the exact amount of time or anything like that. Because when you do that, you start to realize, oh my goodness, I am wasting so much time for stuff that's not value added. Every single time I've ever done that, I, I come back with new realizations. It's like, wow, I've got a full three hours of stuff that I didn't even realize I was doing because it's like three minutes here and five minutes there and 10 minutes here and, and whatever else. Uh, you get down a YouTube trail and you've watched 10 videos because YouTube does a phenomenal job at, uh, at making it easy to click on the next one or just start playing the next one and it captures your attention and, and oh my goodness, it's been an hour and a half. How did that even happen? Um, so th- those are the, those are the types of things that, that pop up. So time is not an issue. It's how you spend your time being able to do that. Another thing that, that I've done in the past is I have, um, I basically worked with my, my employer on a couple of different occasions to be able to get more time that other people weren't getting within my job to work on stuff that is, you know, in my personal life. Sometimes, sometimes it benefits the the company. Other times it, it doesn't. Um, but to be able to do that in a way that they support. So that required very often an open and honest and frank conversation with my boss and helping them understand where I was wanting to go and being able to ask for their support and ask for their help and bring in, bring in a solution or whatever else. And in some cases that meant like, Hey, I'm using, you know, I'm taking a little bit of longer time at what would be like a lunch break and I'm taking like 15 minutes longer and I'm actually using my whole lunch break for this sort of thing. Um, and then asking for their support on that. And you know what? They might say no, but guess what? If they say yes, then boom, you just got special treatment that uh, other people aren't getting because they're not asking and they haven't had the wherewithal to be able to identify what are their priorities anyways so they can't even ask for what they really want in the first place. So that's that's a couple of things that you, you can do. But ultimately, I want you to understand where you're spending your time and where you can pick up extra time. Um, for me, and, and I know that we joke all the, all the time about, um, and I get emails all the time say, talking about people, uh, or people talking about my early rising time at 4am, by the way, I slept till 4:30 this morning. Um, so that doesn't happen necessarily every day, but, um, where can you pick up time? You know, is that a little bit more time at night? Is that getting up a half an hour earlier? Is that something that you can work into? I, I certainly didn't do that right away. I did it like 10 to 15 minutes at a time and bumped it back, bumped it back, bumped it back after I'd get acclimated to it each each time. Um, you know, that's 
where can you where can you get some of that extra time that will be value added to work on the stuff that you want to do whether that is a business whether that is changing jobs um, if you don't feel like you have the time right now what can you get rid of that really isn't adding value because i guarantee it i um, i promise you <laughs> and you might say scott no i am so busy that it there's nothing there's nothing i can get rid of you don't understand scott you don't understand i promise you i have um, never in the last 10 years where I've been doing, doing coaching, uh, working with anybody in any situation, we've always found stuff that you can get rid of. Um, uh, so I, you might think your case is special. Um, and it, and it probably is in some ways you've got different stuff than, than everybody else. Um, but so does the next person. And every single time we've found stuff that isn't as important is some of the other other things that you want to accomplish. So if this next year, starting that business and making the move to where you are you know, fully fully sustaining yourself through that business, if that's important to you, that's going to take spending your time in a different way. Not more time. It's going to take spending your time in a different way than what you are now. Okay, so that's, that's what I want you to consider there. Um, last one is lack of support. Um, this is, this is, this can be a touchy one. Okay. So this is the touchy subject, right? Lack of support is, it happens in a couple of different ways. The biggest way that it happens is, um, you're not surrounded by people who understand your situation. You're not surrounded by people that, uh, that get that you want to do do something differently. You're not surrounded by people that get that, Hey, even though you've got a job that pays decently, um, and most people would love to have, and everybody's telling you, Hey, you know what? You've got this great job. You, you know, you've made it or whatever else. Um, they, they don't get why you'd want to leave. Or even if you're not in a, in not in a great job or not in a great business or whatever it is, you're not in a great situation. Like you're not surrounded by people that are going to support you and give you encouragement in order to make a different move. I find a lot of, a lot of the people that I talk to, I hear again and again and again that, Hey, you know where I'm at, <laughs> you know, small town USA or, um, I don't know this country or that country in, in Europe or wherever, wherever it happens to be, you know, that's not the norm here. Um, everybody else thinks I should be happy for what I have. And basically I feel guilty because I don't, um, <laughs> I, I don't have anybody else that, that necessarily understands, or there are very few people that, that do. So that's one of the things I'm talking about in terms of lack of support. That's one place. The other, other part is like a significant other or spouse that is supportive that may also not understand. Okay. So there's two different ways that you can handle this. One of the, one of the really cool things is if you're listening to me, you have access to internet. Awesome. Because you can get that support and you can connect with other people in, in other different ways to reach people that understand what you're going through. Just being able to talk to just one person. That's one of the things I, I have my coaching clients tell me all the time. Like <laughs> just being able to talk to like one person that understands, gets it, and is supporting you to move forward, like that alone can just completely change your life. But if you can get multiple, even better, right? And then I want you to be able to 
start connecting with people, start putting yourself out there because, um, yeah, there might be somebody no respond, but they also take the chance that, you know, somebody is going to connect with you. Somebody that lives in your area or somebody that, um, you know, has the same wants or needs as, as you, or somebody that wants some of the same things. Some of my, some of my best friends now, you know, happened in that way, uh, from putting myself out there where in an area that's scary, that's, that's how you can actually get that type of support. So there's, there's one way you've got a whole huge resource in the internet in, in that particular way. And it doesn't limit you to just who's in your small town. Because guess what? <laughs> I live in Moses Lake, Washington, and it's not that big of an area. And, you know, I have to explain what a podcast is 1,400 times a day. That's a little bit of an exaggeration, only slightly, though. And it is, there's just not a lot of people that are pursuing the same types of things that I am in this area. And that's cool. I totally understand that. So the other side of it is spouse or significant other. Here's what you want to do. In order to get them to support you, you have to have them clearly understand, you have to help them clearly understand what you want to do and why you want to do it and where you're going. And also understand that you don't entirely know how you're going to get there yet, but you want them to understand the, the benefits for, for what will happen. You also want to not... Um, <laughs> one of the mistakes I've made and, and I've seen many people make in the, in the past is just absolutely flood them with this. Um, because if this is, if this is something new for them, um, you know, there's a lot of things that they can, they can hear in it. Like this can be, this can be scary because, um, they might not have, they might not have seen this side of you in, in the same way. And what I would encourage you to do is just at some point in time, sit down with them and have a conversation with them um, or maybe multiple conversations over time where you just share, Hey, why it is so critical to you and what the benefits are to you and them that you make some type of change, even if you don't know exactly what that change is yet. Now these could be, Hey, look, I'm having such a terrible time at work. And I know that I need to change jobs because every day I'm coming home and it is way difficult for me to not be grumpy and to want to pay attention to you or if there's kids, you know, kids or whatever else. Um, and I can't do this forever. I don't want to do this forever. I want to be able to come home and be like super excited and, and I want to be able to have conversations with you where like you're excited to have them. I want to be able to have energy left over at the rest of the day and not be drained so that when, when I do that, um, you know, it's, it, it's genuine and authentic. And I also want to be able to, I want to be able to, you know, support on the financial side too. And when I can do something that I am much more excited about, I expect that that will be much easier to bring in more, more money too or to be able to advance or to be able to promote or to be able to, um, you know, start a business or to be able to whatever else it is and help connect that part and all those parts to what it is that's going to benefit them too. But you've got to be able to share those whys. Otherwise they're not going, you're not going to make it so that they can support you. And that'll be your fault, not theirs. 
So um, this may be this may be a series of conversations, and I, and I think that you share those whys, and then you just ask, "Hey, what do you what do you think about that?" And then just listen. Now that sounds like <laughs> that doesn't sound like much, but that's incredibly important. Yeah, after you share all that stuff. If you haven't done that in that exact way before, I would advise you to do it. And then to just ask and and listen and say, hey, look, I'm okay with uh, any reactions that you have because I know that um, I know that this is incredibly important to me. But uh, I also want to know what you know, what you think about that, what you're excited about, what scares you, what you know, all of those things. I want I want to know about that. That'll elicit a different response after you ask those questions and just shut up and listen than, than anything else. Cause there, there's probably going to be some things that you said that you didn't intend to say in the way that, uh, that you did and scares them a little bit because they're thinking about, um, they're thinking about, well, Hey, does that mean I have to sell my car or, uh, in order to be able to make this happen? Or they're thinking about, um, you know, I'm, I'm worried about you changing jobs because we've got, you know, we've got a pretty good routine worked out right now, or I'm just afraid of what that might look like in the future or, you know, whatever it is, there's all those different things that, uh, that can happen. So, um, do it in that way, sit down, share the whys, ask them their thoughts, let them know you want to hear the things that, uh, concern them or scare them or, or what, um, that they're excited about, or, you know, just what their general thoughts are and then shut up and listen, try that out. I think you might be surprised. It may take a couple of conversations like that in order to really have, really have some uh, authentic dialogue and, and that's okay. That's okay. Stick with it if it's a couple of conversations, but also don't force it on them. Um, if they're going to be able to support you, uh, that's something that you can't control. That's something that they have to want to do. And it's okay if they don't want to do that at first because they don't understand it. They also might not know what you're looking for in terms of support. So this is a place that you can start with that single conversation. Okay. So let's, let's recap really, really quick here. We've got debt and money being one of the biggest things. So first thing you need to know in order to be able to do that is you've got to understand what, what the amount is that's standing between you and what else you're doing. And the next piece lends right into mindset, which is, Hey, how can I happen to that? What can I do about that? Uh, what's standing between me and that? How can I impact that? Um, and instead of flipping or instead of accepting the, I don't know what to do, uh, instead flipping the switch and going into what can I do about it? What can I, what can I do to make this happen? Um, so those, those two tie together quite a bit, but that mindset piece extends and extends into everything else, um, too. So next one is fear and confidence. The, the fear and the confidence is recognizing that that's actually a good thing, recognizing that that is going to, that's always going to be there and working with the fear and working with that is going to be much more valuable and, and recognizing that that's going to happen and that you're going to end up pushing past it anyways, um, is, is the starting point for that. It's not the end point, but it's the starting point. Um, time really measuring what, what you're actually doing in a day, not what you think you're doing, but what you're actually doing in a day, <laughs> ask your spouse or ask people at work. They'll, they'll tell you, <laughs> they'll tell you what they see you're doing. Um, and it might be stuff that you don't even recognize, but yeah, really evaluating, Hey, what are the most important things? Do I need to spend my time that way? 
Um, and maybe even a better question instead of do I need to is do I want to spend my time that way? Okay, if I don't want to spend my time that way or if what I'm doing is not going to have as large of an impact, then what can I be doing differently during that time and how can I be spending my time in a, in a different place? Get it on paper, write it out. This is incredibly important. Get it into your plant. The support piece. So there's two types of support. One is like spouse, significant other type support. And the other one is having the support of other people that understand what you're going through and surrounding yourself by those people intentionally. Uh, we talked about a couple of couple of tactics for doing that. One, um, having some of those initial conversations to be able to get the support from your spouse. You may already be beyond that. And if so, that's great. Uh, I'm very sure that in future episodes, we'll talk more about that uh, some other time at more of an advanced level. Right now, though, I wanted to invite you to check out our signature coaching program. If you are a high performer and you've been thinking about making a change in your career, whether it's moving up the ladder, going to a different company, different industry, our personalized one-on-one custom coaching is made to fit you and your circumstance. You'll work with your coach to identify exactly what your goals are and what really creates an amazing career for you, an amazing set of next steps. And we'll develop a step-by-step plan for you to reach that goal. Your coach will be with you to guide you every single step along the way. Best way to find out if signature coaching is right for you is to schedule a conversation with our director of client and student success. And we'll help you figure out what's the very best way that we can help. Just send me an email, by the way. <laughs> Go ahead and put conversation in the subject line. Send an email to scott at happentoyourcareer.com. And when you put conversation in the subject line, I'll know to connect you up with my team and we'll work together to figure out the very best way that we can help because, you know, that's what we do. 